0: Fairly convinced in my own head that I say that kids love.
1: And I'm grateful for you that you uh, released me from the hospital. <laughs> you said this has never happened. You go. Uh, let me hey, it's Mr. Dr. Science, Eric, with a very special guest today. I had the opportunity to have a heart attack. <laughs> I do it what it comes out of my mouth. I don't even know half the time either. But on June 7th, I had um, my first and I just turned 60. I had a heart uh, cardiac event and I had the pleasure of meeting John, who really um, did some uh, made some uh, a big impression upon me. And really gave me a boost as I was leaving. I was pretty depressed, you know, thinking, oh, man, what's next? And am I going to live and all that good stuff? And uh, I just, ha- he happened to be um, the person that was checking me out and uh, the the person responsible for that. And uh, we, we exchanged some um, personnel stories and about our journeys and some of the experiences he's had. And, you know, it, As a young professional, which is how I saw him, I thought, what an amazing person who devotes his life to serving other people, not only, and I don't want to give it away, but in education, and then um, in the healing arts, and then now back to uh, education. And we'll go into that further. So, John, welcome to the show. Thank you. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's glad to have you. I know that you said you had a roller skating incident. Tell me what happened.
0: It wasn't much of an incident. I just think it's like, uh, I'm considering it a midlife crisis. I'm about 46 of <laughs> earlier. Okay. And, um, I have an extensive mental health history and I've noticed with myself that if I keep myself busy most of the time, um, whether that's work or something I enjoy doing, um, it's, it's good for my head um so I started roller skating in December I just recently moved back to the Chicago area uh, grew up here but I moved away for about 15 years came back um so that has really kind of helped me keep my time occupied um and I enjoy it I you know I'm not I'm getting better at it I'm learning as I go and uh, I'm making a lot of progress with it so I really enjoy it
1: well, you told me something interesting. You said you'd like to do it in the roller rinks. So you're doing the yes. kind of old school roller uh, rinks thing. What is it about that that's so? Well, the for
0: one, it's inside and the floor is flat. Okay. <laughs> so if I, I rollers get outside, I have to worry about all the, the the pebbles and the sticks and the concrete being flat and the cracks right. and the concrete and all that nonsense. Um, so it makes it easier to learn. Uh, being, Going to different lessons the different roller rinks um, around town here, um, and I, I really enjoy it. Um, and I'm starting to uh, make a couple friends there, which is really hard for me to do. It's another mm-hmm. part of my mental health journey that I've been fighting for years, many years. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's kind of given me an avenue, or I don't know if you want to call it an excuse, but whatever it takes to meet other people. Um, Just in a friendly way. I'm not really looking for a relationship or anything, but I'm just Mm kind of trying to meet other people and kind of share something that we like in common, you know, so I, I enjoy it. So that's kind of where I'm at.
1: Well, I appreciate that because you made that connection between your mental health and that you have found the physical activity has increased your ability to um, boost your mood. Is that, is that, am I saying that correctly?
0: you are yeah yeah so that and i you know for a while i was working too much
1: Um, both as a, i was a teacher before i was a nurse mm-hmm.
0: um so i would stay after school i would help my students for hours and hours and hours uh and, and don't get me wrong i did enjoy that um but that you know you can burn yourself out doing that too mm-hmm. so um even with, even as a nurse i was kind of there were a couple of weeks where i was working five and six days a week and for a nurse that works 12-hour shifts uh, that's, that's excessive. I mean, the overtime was nice. Um, but again, I don't want to burn myself out when I'm a fairly new nurse in the first place. So finding another activity, um, to add to my list that's different, and gets me out of the house, gets me out of, out of work, uh, is really, really helpful.
1: Yeah. You know, um, that's a good time, a good way to segue into who you are. Tell us about some of those, you know, I know that you met told me some really great stories about being a junior high teacher, Uh, math teacher, and then your transition. So could you give us a little like bio, a little history? Certainly. Um,
0: So I was born and raised uh, here in the Chicago area. Um, I was born in Elgin. I don't remember the name of the hospital, but that's irrelevant. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Was it Sherman Hospital? I, I I couldn't tell you. Okay. I, I want to say it was something with the Luxian brothers, but that's an Elk Grove. So okay. it's not that one. I don't know. doesn't matter. Um, but anyways, I grew up in uh, Lombard and then our family moved to Villa Park, which is right next door. Uh, and I lived there all the way up till I was 26. Um, most of that time, the second half of that time, I would say the last 15, 20 years of that time, um, my dad was very much an alcoholic. Mm. um and he never hit anybody that i know of at least he would he didn't dare touch me because i've always been bigger than him which i kind of you know at the time i found that odd but he Mm. he never really did that i never saw him hit my mom or anything so i didn't have that concern but he was very verbally abusive to her um and then and house also there in lombard when i was growing up you know those formative years um My bedroom wall shared with the kitchen, where they would fight. Hmm. So I heard everything. And back then, I didn't realize it until probably until I finished nursing school. But um, our dad is supposed to be the the man in our life that kind of tells us or teaches us, you know, how to be a man. And I never had any of that. And I witnessed him be so verbally abusive. And then later on, he was absent. Uh, He was Mm -hmm. off drinking. He was off, I found out later, in another relationship. um, Mm -hmm. He got another lady pregnant. um, And then he said, he told me that he had to marry her because he got her pregnant. I was like, "Um, okay.
1: Uh, (laughs) So this is all happening in seventh (laughs) grade. That's a lot to take in for a kid.
0: So I'm in seventh grade. I'm 12 or 13 years old. I had no idea how to process this. So I turned to myself and blamed myself Mm -hmm. because, again, I was very shy, very timid um I didn't really speak it for myself at all Hmm. um and that led me down a path of suicidal thoughts depression anxiety you name the list of mental health things Hmm. I probably had one or two versions of all of them I I at the time I I was confused I didn't know Uh, I just know that I didn't want to exist in this environment um and I kind of mentioned that under my breath to my mom one time in the living room and she freaked out thankfully so um and she had me take it to the hospital via ambulance um and i had already been talking to a counselor for about a year before that um so i lived at uh in general down there in park ridge i lived there for six months um back then the insurance company paid for someone to stay there that long especially yeah. when they're uh, pediatric so after that i was on medication for a while um i don't think it really helped i was in counseling for a long time and now all this time I'm growing up, I'm becoming an adult and trying to figure out how to do life. And I stumbled around. I've been, you know, I lived in Lombard. I bought a house. I was working for a technology company. I did really well financially. Mm. Um, but I was still lonely, shy. And I didn't have much of a, much of a, what do you call it? Like a reference point to, to kind of to grow off of. And then, then at some point I just moved out of the state. And I said, I told my family, I'm going to move somewhere else. I'm going to start my teaching career back that was in 2006, I think it was. Um, I moved down to Texas, uh, to Houston, the Houston area, just north of Houston, just spring, Texas, bought a house, had a house built. Um, I was doing really well. And, and I was there for six years. I loved it. Um, but then I just kind of felt that I needed to go back home. So I did. And that lasted for six months. And then I moved to Las Vegas. And I was a teacher there I went to nursing school there. Um, And then that lasted for 10 years. I was, I was there for a long time. I love Vegas. I still may go back. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I, you know, it kind of irritated a lot of people at work, I think. And I don't know if it was my mouth or I've noticed my mom's even noticed and she gave me crap about it when I was young. And She probably shouldn't have because I can pick it personally, but my memory is not great. Um, so you know as a nurse i never had a concern of doing of harming anybody but socially i do forget things like you know someone's name their birthday Mm -hmm. things that are important to them Mm -hmm. Um, and that's kind of bothered me for a while so that's i think that's one of the reasons it makes it hard for me to establish a friendship or relationship um all those type of things so Long story short, last year, uh, in 2022, I moved from uh, back to Houston. From there, I went to Colorado. And then from there, I went back here to the Chicago area. And I'm in grad school for my MSN, my Master's of Science in Nursing, Education. I want to teach nurses next. I I taught math for 14 years. Mm. Um, So my school finally told me, my grad school told me that I have to stay put. For this last year because <laughs> I, you know, like these they're not really clinicals like they are in nursing school they call it a practicum now mm-hmm. so I have to go find a school uh you know a college and I have to go work with the, the instructor there um you know helping the students as I learn how to be an instructor so it's like yeah. practice it's like student teaching but for grad school so I have to do that so that's why I'm staying here in Glen Ellyn, um you know which is a suburb of Chicago wow. uh, to finish that so once that's done in december then i either stay here and work or i don't know what is next
1: so I the really next to,
0: i really went I... back to las vegas um, i loved it there i, I met a, you know some decent people there and i can play outside there a lot it's the desert it's hot but just like you get used to the cold here in chicago you can get used to the hot in, in vegas you I just have to take so. care of yourself yeah um, and just go from there so i've had a lot um and all this time my mental health has been how do i say unbalanced i don't know what word i can think of but um that works have, for me i have several instances you know it's not every day but just yesterday like so they said something stupid at work and i sat here today they canceled me today because like i guess i don't have enough patience just happens time and time it's fine mm-hmm. but then i always have this thought because i'm always thinking that i'm somehow not complete or not right or whatever right. that i did something wrong to make that happen and it, it's there's a, like a less than a one percent chance that's true um but that's just kind of how i view the world i like if something goes wrong it's like what did i do and right. i don't know how to snap out of that other than keep myself busy doing things i like to do
1: Well, I appreciate that. That's a pretty good um, uh, history of where you were, where you are, and a very, like, honest appraisal of what you still need to do. And I want to back up just a little bit. You told me a story that really, like, well, you told me several stories, but the first one Mm -hmm. I want to talk about is um, when I, you... uh, were outside the outside of my room and you were talking in, in, a, in to the charge nurse or whatever during the transition so you're hearing what's going on with me right and I could sort of hear you guys talking and and I could her, hear her say or somebody said yeah he's got this and that and, and depression and he's taking this and that and I go I made some kind of because I felt a little self-conscious I said man that guy's got a lot of problems and you said something like oh that's nothing. And I thought, oh, okay, that guy's cool. And then when you came in, you uh, were very like uh, conversational and talking to me. And you said something like, "Oh, I've been on medication for you know some of my things." And I just really appreciated this connection because no one there had talked to me about that. And you made a special, um, made some special time to talk to me. And so you shared with me a story that I would I'd like for you to repeat. To, uh, to here. You said you were working. Um, you would talk to me about your own personal story about, you know, the suicidal uh, attempt, and, and I'd had mine as well. And and you said that um, when you were in, uh, teaching algebra, you had a kid that came in. Can mm-hmm. you share that?
0: Yeah, yes. Yeah. So I, I remember that now. So that was when um, in the middle of my Las Vegas time somewhere, I helped open a uh, charter school. So I was there for two years um, helping get the place going. Um, and I had been to have a first period algebra class, which was ninth graders typically I had a couple of seventh graders, a couple of eighth graders in there that were advanced. Um, and then I happened to have my second period. It was my, uh, what do you call it? Conference period, off period, planning period, whatever they call it. Um, and I, I still believe it to this day. If we don't share our story, it, it's all for not. <laughs> so I think we all go through something in our life, some issues, something that changes us that that affects us. and if we don't share that, we it doesn't help anybody else. So mm. what's the point? Mm. And the particular thing you're talking about that I must mention because I've mentioned to several different people is I had a particular young man in my class, my first period class and I can just tell, He's sitting at his desk. He's like three rows back, but it doesn't matter. I'm I'm so have much energy when I teach. I walk all over the room, so no one mm. can hide. Okay. And I even tell, my, coll- I, I even tell my college students that when I taught college, I'm like, don't don't eat, don't just don't, because <laughs> I, <laughs> I will be all over the room. Okay. And I'm very loud when I teach, so all it's right. not. Um, So that wasn't an issue, but I can just tell this young man, I know he already had some mental health issues because we get a file on each student that has something medical going on Mm -hmm. just so that we're aware. And if we need to modify our curriculum, we can modify it to Mm -hmm. fit them because the law says they have to be in the least restrictive environment. They have to be in an environment that is with their peers, if at all possible. Mm -hmm. So I could just tell something was off. um, And I kind of, he didn't really do anything the entire class period. He usually would, you know, be quiet, but he'd at least write something down. He'd solve problems, you know, at his desk. And if I asked him a question, he would at least try. And I didn't really ask him anything that day because I could just tell something was off. So I waited to the end of the class and I said, I don't remember his name anymore. It's not relevant. But I, I asked him, you know, can you stick around at the end of class? I just want to ask a couple of questions. I, You know, I just want to see what's kind of what's going on, blah, 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 blah. And uh, all the other students left. And he's like, I got to go to bed. I'm like, fine, go ahead, but come back here, please. (laughs) So um, he did. And I was kind of surprised that he did, actually. Um, But he came back and he said that, this is the words that came out of his mouth. He's like, my dad told me that our family cannot afford to eat tonight because of me. And that related directly to what my dad was saying to my mom. Not directly to me, but that's how I felt. Mm. And I'm like, hold on. (laughs) And I was like, I and I came, I kind of told him what I told you. I told him my story, my my of my dad being abusive, being absent, and that I've tried to get a hold of him multiple times. He'll talk on I'll call him, he'll answer, but he doesn't ever call me. I went through the whole thing. And then I'm like, tell me a little bit more about what's going on with you. And he's like I I just can't do it anymore. I really don't want to be here anymore. And I'm like, well, define that for me. What does that mean? And he told me, I'm considering, like going through with my thoughts of ending Mm -hmm. my life. And I was like, this is, we have to talk about this now. I didn't tell him that the law in every state in the country is for teachers nurses for everybody. If we suspect that someone has even an inkling that they're going to hurt themselves, we are required by federal law. Um, and every state has the same law, of course, (laughs) but, um, we have to tell somebody. So in the, in the school setting, we have to tell the counselor In the hospital setting, we have to call security, um, which is useless because they are not trained to deal with that. So I do that just as a formality, if I ever hear that type of thing, but I typically call, I do a site council, an emergency site council, and the psychologist has to come to the floor in the hospital. So anyways, um, I talked to him about that. I'm like, what's your plan? What, Cause that's what we're trained to do. We're trying to train to ask them, but you know, what's your plan? How are you going to accomplish this? And he s- s- described everything in detail. I'm like, hold on. <laughs> and I just told him my story again. And we talked, and talked and talked. We talked for the entire second period, which is like 55 minutes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And at the end we were both crying with each other. And I said, I need you to stay at school today. That's my attempt to make him not go home and I said I need to you know talk with somebody and I let him go to class well I I said go to bathroom and kind of clean yourself up and go back to class go to your next class and I walked down to our counselor at our school and I said this is what he told me this is what we talked about um and he said or she said the counselor said okay we'll have to call the parents I'm like that's not gonna be helpful (laughs) so she said you know at this point we can't do anything about it I'm like you have to, it's the law. <laughs> and not only is it the law, it's also an ethical responsibility that we both, myself and you have to this child. Um, so I basically told him, go to your school day, come back after class, come back at the end of the day and let's talk some more. And that was my only attempt I had because the administration wasn't doing anything. And he stood there and he said, thank you for talking with me. I'm going to go home. I'm going to try to talk to my dad. And I was like, okay, that's, I can't. St- I can't keep you here. Um so I did let him go because I have to, it's not a jail. Yeah. Um, but I was very, very nervous that night. (laughs) How bad? Um, but I can just tell the way he changed his tone in the afternoon when he came back, that I'm fairly convinced in my own head that I saved that kid's life.
1: And undoubtedly.
0: And that's another version of what I, I even said it again today because I was doing another game I do, I, it's called Geocache, we can talk about that later, but I, I read a, a line on a bench and it said, uh, something like an unshared story serves no purpose. And I was like, here we go. Wow, yeah. there so, you go. You know, it's just, that's a, back to where we started, that our story can impact somebody in ways that we don't even know. Yeah. Now, in this case, I did know because the kid came back the next day. So he obviously didn't follow through. So it, it's so uber important to me that you brought this, even this conversation to me to ask you to talk about it, because this is what I like to do. I like to share my story because it does benefit other people. And I have a feeling we're like-minded
1: in that, in that way, and that's why we're doing this. Absolutely. Well, listen, I, 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 we're going to take a break in a second, but I just want to make a comment. What I remember, and I remember so much of it, is that I believe you said you had three kids that that had happened to. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, well, um, I think about the choices that, you know, your life is fascinating in that you've had these different career moves and obviously your brain wants to do different things. And so you had big time money with tech firm that didn't satisfy you. Uh, You really love the teaching and sharing and helping others. And that's really obvious. So we're going to get a little more into that. And I'm going to tease a little story. You told me a story about that really shocked me about needles and about blood (laughs) and and your mother. All right. So we'll take a break. We'll be right back. All right, sounds good. Hey, welcome back. It's Mr. Dr. Science with John, and we're going to start this uh, period uh, with the story about you and your mother and the needle. Because as a nurse, I just thought, and as a, you know, you were obviously a brainiac and you were like, you were educating me from the moment you met me. When you walk into the room and that and it stops, I'm like, okay, this guy loves to teach. And I like to I like to learn. So that was cool. But tell me that story. Tell yeah, us I'm that story.
0: Passionate about teaching. So it, I it, can it's, tell. It's all parts of my life. Um, so this would happen. I think I was 10. Um, but my mom was having some sort of procedure in the house, but I couldn't tell you what it was. And I was standing against the wall, kind of looking, you know, you know, if you vision your room and the the walls as close as yours was to the, to your bed. I was having my back against the wall. I was just standing there. I was watching the nurse do, I don't even know what, um, but she was, I think putting an IV in because she stuck a needle in my mom's arm. And I saw my mom's eyes like squint, like it hurt.
1: Yeah.
0: As soon as that happened, I passed out and, on the <laughs> and fell on my butt. And I will never forget that. And yes, I am a nurse. I've been a nurse for almost three years and I don't mind putting a needle in other people. Um, I don't like doing IVs because I know it hurts people, but I, I've done four at this hospital so far and they've all worked the first try. So it's mm. great. Um, but when needles are put into me, I had a habit, even into a, my early adulthood, of getting really dizzy, like hot, I was, mm. not quite sweating, but hot. And I got really dizzy and I almost I, I felt that I had a tetanus shot when I first moved to Vegas. And I was walking from one room where they gave me a shot to the, like, the, observation room or whatever heck it was and i collapsed in the hallway and the nurse the nurse that was walking with me she said what's going on what happened i'm like well i didn't tell you but i don't like needles <laughs> she's oh, like boy. you should have told me that beforehand yeah yeah so, um i didn't obviously but now every time i have now since when they go get a blood test or whatever which is i don't know they don't really stick me anymore although no i did get hepatitis vaccines but um every time since you know that happened i tell the the provider whoever it is a nurse a technician whatever like I have a a history of getting dizzy and passing out so the last like probably four times after that thing happened with my mom so this is like 20 years ago now but mm. um I would they would have me sit on the, the bed with the paper on it you know like in a clinic yeah yeah they would do that and they finally said do you want to sit with the chair with the arm closed in case you fall and I'm like just let me lay down. <laughs> And a couple of nurses after that, too, like I had another blood draws for whatever reason. Uh, they said, why don't you just lay down? I'm like, good idea. And I sure enough passed out. Wow. <laughs> and But as time went on and I get older and older, um, I was able to sit up still. I still got hot in the head, but I didn't pass out. Mm-hmm. And then now, now that I'm, you know, 45 plus, 46, the last three times I think it's been, I haven't had any effect, but I still tell the providers to this day, that I have a history of passing out when anything dog goes into me, whether it's a vaccine, <laughs> whether it's a blood draw or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and lately, the last couple of times, there hasn't been any any effect at all. Um, but I, I I tell, you know, if the patients that are really nervous, I'm like, you know, this is my experience, too. So if you want to sit down and you want to be very comfortable when I do this, by all means, go for it. Because here I am again sharing my story. But that's what has been my in my world was far as needles are concerned I, well, I'm a nurse. I put them into people all day long but
1: I, that's what i mean that's what's your surpar- i'm me. like what it's like a surgeon saying you know i don't like blood it, it freaks me out i'm like
0: wait uh, i've heard that before To be honest. yeah
1: yeah <laughs> now, nurses I mean,
0: that don't like blood i'm like well really
1: now they don't well, tell you that when they're doing it but it doesn't not. surprise <laughs> of course not when you um my thought was this as i thought about that i'm like I don't know but i'm imagining you looking at your mother and having this like seeing her pain you you must you know the empathy you had as a child as a 10 year old child that you care you love your mother that yes. that affected you that way was kind of like touching. I guess it's touching in a way that because if it was a stranger, I don't know. Maybe you would have been oh jeez, no, know. who knows? But but um, it kind of says who you are. I think. Do you think that's kind of about
0: that way? I just said that. I never yeah, young
1: ten year old kid. You're watching your mother. You care about her, and she has this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Well, I I um, again think that that shows kind of the character that you are. Um, you uh, you also shared with me this uh and you sent me some pictures so i can put it up and the one i'm going to use i have to tell you right now the best one is you doing yoga on the mountain Mm -hmm. that is awesome tell us tell us about that
0: so that picture was actually
1: in las vegas Um,
0: i started teaching yoga um, at the high school i was working at in uh, texas Hmm. i just enjoyed it i took it at the community college here, here in, in chicago when i was back that was 1990 something mm-hmm. i don't remember the year it was 97 maybe i took it in the pe building over at cod <laughs> College of yeah and it was freezing cold down there and oh, i was man. overweight and i was not flexible well i've always been a little bit flexible um so that's where it started I started taking classes. I went, I think it was a twice a week, a Tuesday, Thursday class. And I was I was already a student there. So I was like, Let's just add another class. Why not? Yeah,
1: right. And
0: I just got like I got credit for it. I'm like, why am I getting credit for doing something that I like? But whatever. So uh, I kept right. on taking the class. I took yoga one, yoga two, yoga three. It was the same class, but we just got credit because it was a different class number. Right. So I kept on taking that class. I took I took yoga three like six times just because <laughs> one. Um. Okay, It was just like a place to do yoga. And then I, so then I moved over after school to the YMCA, to the gym, blah, 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 whatever, wherever I was, I took yoga there. Um, and then when I moved to Houston, I'm like, I want to teach this. Cause I look, like, I'm, a, I'm a teacher, obviously. Yeah. So um, I, I started just saying, I sent an email to the whole staff of the high school, which was, in Texas, the high schools are massive. Like, so it was just like 150 people. And I was like, if anyone's interested in doing yoga after school, let me know when, what day, where you want to do it, blah, 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 blah. We ended up doing it in my classroom, which was tiny.
1: <laughs> yeah. And,
0: the way, and um, I had six people in my classroom doing yoga. And I was teachers, like, teachers
1: or kids? Yeah,
0: teachers. Yeah.
1: Okay.
0: So that was in the high school in Texas. And then um, I continued doing that wherever I was. Um, and then in Las Vegas, I actually offered it to the students, and the teachers could come if they wanted to, but no one did. So I—that uh, that's my first class I did as an activity at mm-hmm. school um we didn't have to do that but um, that was my activity that i chose to do um so that's where i started teaching and then while i was in vegas i said i want to teach adults and i don't really need to get paid for it but i'd like to teach at a gym or fitness center or something to that effect so i went and started looking up the process of getting certified to teach yoga and it was like four thousand dollars and i'm like wow what Mm -hmm. (laughs) so um I found a place that would teach like 13 different classes of different, you know, for seniors using equipment, you know,
1: hmm.
0: you name it, whatever. So it was one class at a time. So I could pay for it one class at a time, which is like three or four or two fifty. I think it was at the time. I mean, it's up now, of course, because everything is. Um, and I was able to slowly do it. And I finally completed that program, got my certification. And I've been teaching ever since. Um, I also taught at the Air Force Base in Las Vegas Nellis Air Force Base. Um, and that was humbling for the soldiers because, you know, they're these really young, strong, really like go-getting guys. But they're, <laughs> not flex- they're not flexible at all. Okay. And and then I started tying that to um, what's your flexibility like in your, in your how do I say this, mental health life, like social life, yeah, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And I draw a lot of parallels to, you know, if you're not able to do this particular stretch, how flexible are you in your regular life, your your life outside the gym?
1: Yeah. And
0: I had so many people come back to me and say, I never thought of it that way. I'm like, it's funny. I didn't either until I just said it. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Isn't that I great? Realized, yeah,
1: yeah. I recognized
0: for myself that, you know, and I started to learn more and more because I've been studying yoga forever now. Um, I learned the Indian ways of health. So as a nurse, I can now do... Western and Eastern medicine, and kind of figure out what I think works in the middle. Yeah. I mean, obviously, our Western medicine here is not everything people think it is. You know, the insurance companies think it is, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, and I know better. So, I mean, I'm not an MD, but I don't I don't need to be an MD. I'm not doing surgery. Everything else, I can predict what the doctor's gonna say anyway. So it doesn't matter. Um, so anyway, I just brought all that together, and it has been another limb of what I like to teach, and I, I found that connection between the physical and the mental, uh, as far as flexibility goes, mm-hmm. and that is another link of probably what I shared with you, and what I shared with my yoga students, and just people in general, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, I want to take here. you back, because what I'm hearing you say is, um, Let me just, let's take you back. You said something really interesting. You said there's this cold freezing um, gym or basement or wherever you're at at College of DuPage. And you said, did you say you were overweight? I was. Okay. You're not overweight now. So, and I don't, we don't have to get into that journey, but I'm just imagining that the environment sounds like that's not fun. You, you're not like, what was it that drew you to that? What was happening with it inside you that you connected to?
0: No one's ever asked me that before. I never asked myself that, to be honest. Um, I, I don't really know. I think I just wanted to learn something different, new to me. Um, I was starting to take volleyball classes just because I wanted to be more active. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had heard about like the connection between that and philosophy and you know, when people talk to me or I'm forced to take a philosophy class in school, it's pathetic. I hate it. But once I started studying how it works and the connection between the mental and the physical body, um, that kind of intrigued me. I mean, I don't pretend to know anything about it when I first started at all. Um, but it just the idea that there was some sort of connection was fascinating to me. Um, so I just kind of dove in um, just to give it a try. Um that that's that room i'm talking about was not only was it cold it was also the wrestling room so they had like an inch and a half thick of that plastic foam matting (laughs) yeah yeah trying to balance on that was a whole other (laughs) skill a whole other skill that i had to develop oh wow so yeah it was a challenge and and, and, you know i don't know if it's metaphorical now looking back on it but you know just the, the the striving to be successful in environments that are not optimal I Mm -hmm. think it has also maybe helped a little bit and other things I've dealt with.
1: You, um, well, I just wrote down a couple of things because I was like, man, what struck me was I'm like, okay, and I'm thinking about the title for this podcast, either man of a thousand talents or man of action, because you seem to be (laughs) both of those. And I really respect that. I think there's this part of uh, us that doesn't want to take on new things and the risks and and you're saying what i'm hearing you said just when i we got on together before we start recording you said and you said it here about just meeting people getting out being physical um, you realize that that's important and that your expectations aren't to find the whatever it is it's just meet people you know connect and that's something we definitely learned during COVID is how much value that is there Today, when you're on that mountain, let's say, what, so what does that bring to you after all that time? And, and now today, what does that bring to you that you really value? What is, like, uh, yoga? Yeah. Oh, so, so when you do yoga, what is it uh, like when you're on that mountain? What is it you're experiencing?
0: I'm a, like total freedom. And it's you know like i said earlier like the thing with my dad and whatnot i felt so much judgment when i was younger Ah. and it just feels like when you're out there and obviously a lot of it was unbiased it was unnecessary but i didn't know that at the time and i think when i'm out especially up on the mountain like that and i did that multiple times because i went i was i joined a hiking club and we would go hike to all the peaks around las vegas and it's the desert it's in the mountains so it was awesome um but i'm just up there and that particular photo i sent you was it was a great shot because the, the light was behind it. It was awesome. Um, yeah. But I just find like myself, it, I, I don't care what anyone thinks at that point. I really don't. I, I don't care. And yes, I want to be liked for who I am and what I do. Mm-hmm. I think everybody does, but you know, at that particular point when I'm doing that and I'm not teaching, I'm just doing it because I enjoy it. I, I, I don't negatively shut people out, but I do. I, I just, I I don't hear anything. I just enjoy the open space, the open air, and the desert is just beautiful, <laughs> you know. And, and you know, yes, it's hot. Well, yeah. So, but it's cold here in the winter. So, what's the difference? It's it's really one extreme to the other. It you know you you grow into it. You learn to live with it. But I I just felt I guess to answer your question: just total freedom and and no judgment. And people would be off talking, and I'd be doing yoga, and it's just it's my own space
1: well that's you know that's a beautiful thing when you um you mentioned just today that you were concerned that you and this is one of the symptoms of uh a lot of us who struggle with so my my um diagnosis is major depression reoccurrence severe and alcohol dependence i've been over 12 years but every day i work to try and find that what you just said freedom freedom from my from the thoughts that they're you know, trying to uh for some reason my biggest enemy is my mind. It's also my best friend, but it's 100%. also fucking an outrageously like mischievously terrible. But when you said total freedom, and then I heard you just just earlier say, I, I still thought, what did I do wrong? I mean, that's what it is. That's the mental yeah. health journey. There are some of us out there, a lot of us, millions like you and I, that. That's just part of our narrative and it's in our mind that we don't normally share it, but and that's what's going smart,
0: on. The smarter we get. And I can have, five, I already have five degrees. I don't think of myself as a genius because I'm not, right. but I, the smarter we get, the more knowledge we have, the more knowledge we fight against, I think as well. Mm, I think I it's mean, very, proportion- I think it's very proportional. So if I can try to justify something, and I come up with a reason. Great, done. Maybe, maybe I let it go. But if I can't justify it, then I have like, well, I have two master's degrees now. I have two bachelor's ah, degrees. I have all these degrees.
1: I like, should know I better.
0: Should, I should be yeah, exactly. I should be able to figure this out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just becomes more, you know, a stronger, deeper mental battle Um, when you do go down those holes. Because like you, like you said, those happen not every day for me, but it's it's often, and. Climbing out of that hole is harder the more you know, I think. That's um,
1: interesting.
0: But it, it can go the other way, too, like you said, because that's why we're here. We're here to help, help you know, I guess maybe hear how, how other people are doing it, or handling or, or sharing their story. And, you know, that gives us more tools to help us kind of fight this constant battle that we're probably going to have for for the duration. You know. <laughs> still, well, I don't know, but I'm 60, and I'm telling you, it's still kind of there, you know. It so, is. Yeah. And I've had the same diagnosis. Aside from the alcohol part, I've had MDD for forever, and I think as I get older now, they've started diagnosing me with anxiety as well. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And some one doctor in Vegas, I think, said I had SAD, the seasonal affective disorder, too, because it's always sunny there. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. If it's sunny, yeah. Oh, How
1: that happen? You How know? does that happen?
0: But here, it's cloudy. Yeah, I can tell you like yesterday and today
1: have not been great. Um so mood-wise, it's, it's yeah, it's a challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm totally with you. There's something about these dark days. It's nice mm-hmm. we've had a lot of sun in Chicago this mm-hmm. summer. Uh but you're right. If I get two or three of these days, I'm like, "Uh, it just it happens." Yeah. Um so I think the thing that that I'm wondering now you mentioned to me, I hope you'll talk a little bit about it. It's a continuous journey. And where are you at today? And where what are you looking at for, for the next journey for you?
0: So, as you know, it's the the journey forward is unknown. Um, Mm -hmm. I I just I try to find ways, I think, as of right today, you know, the next, what, what am I gonna do tomorrow? What am I gonna do the next day? I'm gonna try to just distract myself as best I can um and lately that's been with things that I enjoy doing so I I told you about yoga I told you Mm -hmm. about roller skating I also do something else called geocaching which just really briefly is use your GPS and you go find little containers all over the world it it sounds strange it's free it It
1: sounds very cool it's like a treasure hunt. it that sounds pretty cool
0: yeah and it's it's all over the world Mm -hmm. um so I enjoy doing those things and today I did that I went out Ah, you know And I went and found those little things for a couple hours, and it kept me busy. I got all sweaty and gross, but <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. So I, you know, I tried to find different things to keep myself occupied. Um, like I said, I like think I told you in one of the, t- the messages, I said I was it, probably go roller skating today because it's Thursday. They have adult night out in Roselle, mm. um, but I was there last night, and my knee was bothering me, so I don't want to put myself through any more abuse <laughs> from yeah, my yeah. knee. Um, So, but that is a good opportunity for me to talk to people. So I I am kind of losing that. um, And I'm cognizant of that. Um, But I think to answer your question, every day is different. And I think, for me, I have to find a way to, you know, be proactive. What am I going to do? to keep myself fairly busy now Mm -hmm. just like everybody else in the world i do watch tv once in a while Mm -hmm. but i don't have cable i all i have is like five and seven and nine so if Ah. there's something on there i'll watch it but if not oh well um i'll probably go out and geocache or i'll go out and roller skate or i'll go out and do something you know if i'm working that day that's 12 hours plus i'll do that of course and then back to be tired that's probably it but i just try to find keep myself busy
1: well, I um, you mentioned, and we'll take a break after this, but you mentioned that um, you're going to finish your degree and get your master's of science in nursing, which is a master's degree. You're like an RN plus master's degree. Is that right? Uh,
0: and So you, you will it. teach
1: people to be RNs? Is that the idea?
0: Yeah. So okay. my goal is to first start out being the clinical instructor. So I'll be the instructor that goes to the hospital with the students and kind of supervise them while they're in the clinical setting. So there's not really hands-on teaching per se, although I do have to supervise them. Um, but I—that's where I had the most enjoyable time in nursing school. Ah. So I want to share that with others. Again, my experience is helping others. That's what I want to do to start out with, and it'll be part time at first. So I still need to find a full time RM position.
1: Okay. So last question before the break: What is it about teaching?
0: I, I love it. I I don't. It's hard to explain, but I I do enjoy watching people do things, especially when they tell me I'm bad at it before they even try. Mm. <laughs> uh, so I taught math for 14 years, uh, high school, college. I taught seventh grade one time, eighth grade one time, uh, but most of it was 10th uh, grade geometry class, and I just love geometry. It's just very visual, spatial, uh, a little bit algebra tossed in. Uh, but I just enjoy watching the students light up and say, "Oh, I finally get it." And mm. And then I always hear the parents say, especially when I taught high school, well, our family is always so bad at this, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that doesn't mean your child's going to be bad at it. Let them try. <laughs> Let them explore. Um, and, you know, I always found myself doing whatever it took to help those students be successful. You know, and some of them couldn't graduate because they didn't pass my class. And I'm like, you know what? I tried. You try. It. You got to try again. <laughs> I think I was one of those guys in your class. Yeah, well, and I was always like, I always tell you, especially when I taught college, I I always told the students, like, when it comes to grading, I'm just a secretary. I'm going to grade what you give me. You know, there's no emotion attached to it. Yeah. Um, But I I just really enjoy especially because most of the population doesn't like math. And I get that. I don't like English and history. (laughs) I hate it. But I did it. I got my A and I'm done with it forever. That's how I look at it. And Now that I'm in grad school, I have to write a paper that's coherent and at the graduate level. So that's another challenge, but I'm doing okay. Um, But as far as teaching goes, why do I like it? I, I just like the fact that I'm teaching someone something they didn't already know. And typically with math, at least, it's something that was a struggle. And when they overcome that, maybe it's relating back to my own story that, you know, when we overcome, we become a lot stronger. And I think that's kind of the key part of it, I guess. No one's ever asked me that before. Send me that, say that one more time. Kind of thinking this out loud. Well, I think as we overcome stuff, you know, as a, te- as a student and your teacher helps you, you become stronger. Mm. You know, whether it's math. When you teach, you
1: overcome or something. What did you say?
0: Oh, okay. Well, when I teach, the students overcome um, whatever roadblocks that they might have. Yeah. So when I taught math, most people come into math class thinking, oh, this is really hard because society says it's hard well guess what just try and i will support you in whatever way it takes and
1: again i think it just makes people stronger when they overcome things that they don't think they can do well you obviously have a big heart john and there's this part of me that looks at you probably as you were doing this you know tech job and you're making big money there was something that just i don't know didn't suit you about that. We can we'll return to that when we come back because you have this heart of a you know, like a teacher healer, like you know. And so we'll we'll delve into that when we come back. Hey, welcome back, John. This is just going so well. I'm so appreciate that you are doing this, and I'm learning a lot of great stuff about you personally, but also. This, this kind of person that has this, it's almost like this drive and desire. And it sounds like it's been with you for a while. But tell me, did it start when you were working in this tech industry? And did you just go, ah, this isn't doing it for me? Or what was going on? Well, that, there
0: was so much pressure um, when I was doing that. That was right during, like, I think it was 1999. Right when the tech boom and the internet was becoming a thing. You know, that everyone had to have like businesses had to have a website. So we were selling machines left and right. And the company was doing gangbuster money. And I, so I was working 60 hour weeks and I was 20 years old. Oh, wow! <laughs> and I was like, you know, I was the youngest employee they had. But I knew my computers, stu- I knew computers in and out. So I was able to to work, you know, become part of their workforce really easily. Um, but it just it wasn't fulfilling at all. Um, you know, I, I help companies get up and running, help their systems get set up, get them online. Um, and then the the other people would come in, like the, uh, I forget what they're called, but the people that did the software came in and did all the software part. And then I went home. I was like, okay, well, now what? <laughs> you know, I didn't really see what I did that had any purpose. I guess I, I, I did okay for the company, but like for my own Whatever, I my own emotional health. That nothing was happening. I didn't get to see any results. I guess so. And I guess I got, I got burned out. So I looked into what else can I? What did I? What was I good at when I was at that job? And you know what helped me be successful. You know what what drove me. I guess is a better way to say it. And I just noticed that. That and then my very first job was at TJ Max when I was 16, okay. and I remember to this day when they wrote on my annual review because I was there for a whole year, which I think I, I've had another job. Yeah, I did. All right, um, but they John likes teaching the new associates how to perform their duties, <laughs> and that That's was hilarious. Time, that was the first time someone recognized that I enjoyed teaching. And, did you know, you know that? Before? I didn't. Okay. I, well, I mean, I, I enjoyed it, but I didn't ever really yeah, know, yeah, it, yeah. know if it to it. And then, you know, kind of at this other, you know, as a the technology job, you know, when the customer, the customer that I saw was the, the, the data tech guy, it wasn't like some executive, it was the, mm-hmm. who's running the, the, uh, the computer room. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just show him how to do the hardware side of things, which he's like, I already know how to do this. am <laughs> like, okay, fine. So, you know, I didn't really have any outlet for, um, uh, what I like to do so I guess I think that's just an answer I, I, I probably just got burned out I know we spent New Year's Eve of the millennium, you know the 2000 yeah you know, when the, when the world was getting exhausted y 2k crash yeah yeah so we I had I was forced that every employee that worked for the company had to be in the office at like oh, 11 30 p.m and absolutely nothing happened <laughs> <laughs> because I we remember prepared for it. We had to demonstrate, especially, I remember United Airlines, because their data center is four stories underground over there on the uh, west side of Chicago. Mm-hmm. It's it's not, well, actually, I don't think it's Chicago. I think it's like Park Ridge or whatever. But, it, like, their data center is underground. Mm-hmm. So, we had to go down this elevator and, like, demonstrate to them, and, like, change the clock on the computer and make it be the year 2000. Yeah. And nothing happened. <laughs> oh they also wanted us to be on on site like one the 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 millennium change yeah we can't we don't have enough employees for that (laughs) so right so we all had to sit there and we had like back then we dialed into each each computer system we could do that from our laptop and dial into the the, our our box our company's you know machine and just look at the the logs and nothing (laughs) I think company-wide they had one computer that crashed and it wasn't even ours it was one that was attached to ours (laughs) <laughs> so wow, well, it
1: was, I, it was crazy. That was a hell of a buildup. That during that next, the couple of months before that, I'm like, whoa. I mean, I don't know if it was because we were just so like freshly into computers or what, but there was nothing as like uh, it just it went well, flat it because, like a balloon. It's because
0: Boeing's computers freaked out in 1993 because they always ordered their parts seven years in advance. So in 1993, the orders were due in the year 2000, and their IBM mainframes in 1993 crashed when they tried to put those orders in, because the system didn't know how to handle a two-digit year.
1: Oh, I see. I see.
0: So ever since that happened, Boeing made the whole world be up at arms about
1: this. I had no idea we could blame somebody. No, I know. Yeah. That was Boeing. That's <laughs> awesome. Okay, so um, we're going to do nine rapid-fire questions. Are you ready, John? Very right ever be. Uh, well, some are silly, some are uh, in depth, and that's what's what's going to be interesting. As a young professional with tons of education, do you regret not going or staying with big money? Does that ever pop into your mind? Like, oh, never. no,
0: nope. never.
1: Question two. I've always
0: said That I just want a simple car and a simple house. That's all I want.
1: And uh, to teach. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the teachers don't make any money so
1: i know that's the thing <laughs> all right so there's two exi- two uh zoo exhibits at the zoo which one you can only see one would you see a tiger with the strength of a uh no a squirrel with the strength of a tiger or a tiger with the mind of a squirrel probably the
0: the mind of a tiger why because they have goals and they know how to get there
1: that says so much about you. I mean, I would yeah. Well, and, I would and, go. Oh, I'd love to see the tiger act like a squirrel. You
0: and know, I, and I extend this a little bit to my family again. My oh, grandfather God. would sit on my, my my our family's back deck, and feed the squirrels out of his hand.
1: <laughs> oh wow! Like
0: they would walk up to his hand and eat the peanuts right out of his hand. So every time I see a squirrel now, I think of my grandpa. Ah, perfect. He was an excellent man. Like I mean, he his health was horrible, but. But it could feed he squirrels. Was always, he was always there for me.
1: So, uh, well, that's the thing you needed that. And that's the one thing I wanted to just comment on was that uh, I, I'm so appreciative that you shared that because not having that. And you know And when I especially the last couple of years in therapy, I had made a lot of progress talking about that my parents, my mom came from Germany, where she escaped Nazi Germany. So there's a lot of fear and anxiety that comes with that. My dad was an orphan. So we didn't get the traditional parenting. And uh, when I heard your story, you know, there's there's a lot that we, I am not able to forgive myself that my therapist helped me to see is like, you know what, you didn't learn that from your parents. And so it's okay, same for you
0: for me yeah, yeah. The, therapist, the therapist helped me finally realize that my dad was absent and it was his choice by his by his, his behaviors
1: oh ah, because you mentioned you thought it was your fault beautiful i'm glad you brought that around yeah. well we at first yeah right at yeah. first banana right love it Um, uh, okay finish these sentences okay john this is the, the first sentence i could do without
0: I can do without money. <laughs> I, I mean, if, I mean, I we have really? basic, basic expenses, but I can do without anything that's okay. flashy or, or expensive or anything right, of that nature. Right. Right.
1: Uh, my biggest ambition is to teach. I love. Um. I love my
0: family, and I, I should tell them that more, and I don't. But mm, I do love my family. Well,
1: they'll hear it here. I like. I like what I do. I hate... Uh, (laughs) I hate the politics of my career choices. Ah, very wise. Okay, so John, you're lost and you're wandering. Besides the phone, what would you need?
0: I don't really need anything. I just need a sense of direction. I can use my GPS. Okay. For my game. Yeah. <laughs> so it works, it works okay. the same way. It's the same GPS. Like well, GPS. you have this
1: that question so. goes to your geocache thing, right? Like you can Yes.
0: yes. You you would be good with yeah. that. Where but would I really, at? I really don't need anything. Uh, if I'm lost, I'm fine. As long as I can eat and drink, I'm fine. Care. Where would you like to get lost? Oh boy. Um probably in a mountaintop somewhere.
1: I had a feeling you were gonna say that. <laughs> like the Swiss Alps or have you been to the Rocky well, Mountains? I don't want to, don't want to freeze the death, but somewhere in the mountains where it's
0: hospitable. <laughs> that'd be great.
1: All right. Hospitable. Maybe the Smoky Mountains. Okay. <laughs> You're being put on a new Mount Rushmore for your service in education and medical treatment. What three people join you there? Gosh. You know, what? I can answer that, I
0: think. So... I can put my mom up there because she's always, always been there for me and supported me in everything I do. And when I'm wrong, she's not afraid to tell me I'm not. Afraid to tell you. <laughs> okay. um, but I also have two instructors in nursing school that I still I'm friends with to this day. Hmm. Um, so miss Anna Tabor is her name. There we go. One of them. I would talk to her forever. And she's always there. Like my, I had my first death as a nurse. I called oh, her right away. I'm like, wow. I don't know how to feel. She's like, if you don't feel sad, you should get out of nursing. I'm like, well, I just got done crying, so, okay, good. <laughs> um, nice, So, yeah. another um, instructor, her name is Dawn Taylor. Um, she has gone through a lot, and she did her PhD in women's suffering, especially those who are Latino. Um, and racism and that kind of thing infuriates me. So, and I don't mind, I don't know if who's going to listen to this, but I'm going to use two words that probably shouldn't be used uh-uh. on the internet. Um, one is, if someone says someone's a retard, yeah, I will defend them and probably not talk to them ever again. Second one, I'm sorry to say this, but in Chicago, if someone says anyone's a nigger, uh, that I'm done. Like I will not talk to you. Tell me year.
1: what that what what is that spark inside of you? What is it? So that- if someone
0: says I'm a. Re- so if someone says that someone's a retard, and I know they don't mean that, I just explain to them the students I've had to teach or tried to teach or attempted to teach, and I've also seen it as a nurse, the families that have to raise this child when it's not possible. And the fact is that most people with mental retardation die before they get to to 23. Mm -hmm. And that is terrible. And when people mention that kind of thing and just playfully, Mm -hmm. that's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. And then um, when the other one, when they say the other one, I've been around so much racism in my life with my own family. And just as a teacher in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and now as a nurse, of course, um, I, I just can't let it continue. You know, I'll, I'll do my part. I mean, I'm not going to be out there with a gun or anything, but I'm, I'm going to do what I, what I can to stop it. Because there's just no place for it. it just, there's nothing that positive that can come out of it ever
1: well uh, this reminds me of something about you that i recognized right away when you told me that story initially in the hospital about that that young man and his father telling him that you you started to cry Mm -hmm. and you were so angry at the father and uh that would say that to that kid that's when you actually your voice broke and i realized at that point what kind of guy you were because you identified so strongly with that kid's feelings and you were so angry because i'm sure part of that was from your experiences but that's what makes that's what makes you you know the person you are now so i and, and when you just said that about those i mean so i i asked you like you know you didn't say oh well what i really thought was cool is you didn't go why am i up on my because of all the oh. great things you do so you're not even worried yeah. about that you what you thought it was your mother and two humble. great teachers <laughs> two great teachers and then you came up with that so i'm like this is part of that with you i imagine you didn't have that kind of passion with computers and i don't know but i right. yeah, yeah i mean i was good at it but i was like yeah yeah Whatever. right take it take it it. yeah okay um those are great answers what do in all of your uh experiences in teaching different people and also as you uh try to bring people to health. I know you taught me you you told me several things about breathing and exercises and you read you listened to my lungs and talked about because I used to smoke and I was like this guy knows his shit you know uh, I was really impressed with that but what I and what I really want to know was so taking in all the account of all the people that you've taught or helped in that way what do most people not know about their bodies
0: they don't know that everything's connected so Obviously, physically, yes. They know the organs are attached by blood vessels and whatnot, blah, 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 whatever. But they don't know that if they do something to harm one organ, they're really harming the entire system. And so like in your case, if you don't know that your breathing is affected by COPD, that's also affecting your blood. Because you have things floating around in your blood, mm-hmm. namely too much acid from the CO2 that that's going to affect your it's going to affect your brain it's going to affect your heart it's going to affect your liver your kidneys um so that's you know if i had to summarize it in a short sentence i don't think people understand how interconnected everything is
1: uh, yeah, I, yeah i would I have never have. thought you said that and that's really but i mean this is coming from somebody who knows right i mean that's what i like yeah I mean, well i
0: don't know everything but i i just I, every time i am in a different room a different experience a different hospital I'm always listening. And you know, a lot of the doctors are really good. They don't have the best bedside manner, don't get me wrong, but they know their crap. <laughs> so I I'm always listening and then I try to put it together with what I learned in nursing school. Um and then, you know, like I said, with the eastern and western medicine coming together, you know, if you're not breathing correctly, chances are something's not right in your mind either. So like now I can bring the eastern medicine into this, you know, and the Indian way of doing things. Yeah. It, it's all it's all a synergistic system and synergistic
1: of- oh that's a million dollar word right there <laughs> I was trying to was an all encompassing word so yeah, yeah it, re- it really mind. is <laughs> so but well, yeah, that, that reminds me of something that you said that was pretty funny me. you said uh I, I was uh you i was changing you said oh you can go ahead and change and go home and so i i started taking off my clothes and you go were you in the service and i go no why he goes well you just get naked right here you know or something like that Do you remember that uh, not really, but it's but I so thought that accent. was an interesting comment because uh, I used to be so self-conscious about my weight and how I looked, and I when you said that, I'm like, oh, maybe that's something I'm more comfortable with as I got out. I don't know, but I thought that was kind of funny., uh, it was just a real moment. like you weren't like, you just go, oh, what we were you in the service <laughs> No, I just get naked a lot, you know, <laughs> well, hey, yeah, too yeah. okay, zero. Sure. Okay, so what do most people not know about their mind? Um,
0: Well, I can go back to what I just said earlier, how it's connected to, you know, it goes both ways. It's connected to the physical body in ways people don't understand. So people think that we have this huge brain, so it's to do all this stuff for us. Well, the brainstem controls your entire body. The big part of the brain that makes humans the smartest creature on earth is it only does our thoughts. So...
1: There you go. <laughs> I like it. Okay. Here's a twist. What do most people not know about their friends? Oh, geez. I have
0: no idea. They probably don't know how they who they really are. I tell guess. Me, tell I me about I, that. What do you mean? I don't really, I, I don't know. I, no, I think you're on to something. Well, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of friends to base that off of. So <laughs> and, uh, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm fairly lonely. I don't myself a lot. Um, but I, you know, I would just say, like, you know, the reason I think I'm not in a relationship is like my parents split up. My sister split up with her first husband. Oh man! And I just don't think people know what people are really thinking. Now, if you're in a, you know, devoted marriage and you guys have been together for fifty years, there's a good chance you kind know each other pretty well.
1: Um, but I, that's, I, that's the first thing that came to mind. Well, I think it's perfect because what I think, what I think, when you say that is. The truth of the matter is, and you, we've talked about this uh, since the beginning. And when we first met is that people, you never know, like I would never have guessed unless you shared that with me in the hospital. And that's why I said, what I said to you was like, thank you. You're the first person who shared that. And that's how we break down the stigma. That's how we make mental health equal on part two physical health. And so when you say that, I think that's really, what'd you say? That's why I'm here.
0: Yeah. yeah. 100%. I know.
1: When you say we don't really know what they're thinking. I'm like, yeah, we don't, you know, how many times does somebody say I had no idea? You know, somebody has taken their own life and, and their friends. go, well, we had no idea that because we suffer in silence. And this is one of the reasons why we're doing this now. So thank you for that. That okay. was actually a great answer. Uh, <laughs> I already asked you why you taught. So I have to throw that out. The last question is what, John, what do you need? What do I need?
0: I don't know. (laughs) Um, I think I need a a path forward that's going to make me happy and my mind happy. Hmm. Um, And I think I know what that is. um, But achieving that seems to be a struggle because I, to be honest with you, really honest with you, I've been fired for almost every job I've had.
1: Hmm.
0: And that's kind of why I'm a contractor now, because I can leave and it won't be a firing. It'll just be the contract's over. Hmm. um so i i think i need to figure out i don't want to say who i am because i'm i'm getting there um but i i need a, a i i guess a plan or a path of what's next and i don't know that anyone ever knows that 100 but that's what i'm striving i think to figure out is what's next and how am i going to get there
1: well listen you just said a mouthful i i mean I think about when well, you said that I think about all the kids that you had such a positive impact starting with those 3 kids that you you identified and said hey it's okay here's my story i understand and you saw them be able to move past that because you know uh, the suicide rates are going up they always they have never uh, proceeded to go down. And so we more than ever, we need these kind of conversations. So I think about, you know, when you say that I think about all the people like myself that you impacted and, and along the way when you, I think that's one of the gratifying things for me as well is when I do support groups or have the opportunity to share, I light up when other people light up and I could see it sometimes in their eyes, and I get it from them too. And I know they see it in me and I'm like, oh. but um, there's a beauty of um, of realness and real life there so i'm and i appreciate you saying that i've been fired from more than a few jobs and i just had an instant at work where they gave me a final warning Great <laughs> okay. goes in my mouth now listen yeah, I, I i i there's no that's denying. my problem
0: <laughs> really
1: you, yeah. okay very good well we'll have to yeah, concentrate so, on that but so,
0: I, now, that you, now that you mentioned that you know i think that might help me as far as what i need is i might need a mentor that's been through what I've been through and, and made the next step,
1: so well, if I could find that
0: person. Maybe I'll maybe it'll, it'll be
1: helpful. Well, let's keep in touch, man, because I I think we yeah. can both help each other. I think this is what it's about. So I would love to do that. I'm not yeah. much for roller skating, but I mean, you know, <laughs> that's okay. I could do yoga on a mountain if you paid me. So, okay. well, uh, it's about come to an end here, and I just want to let you know that I am um, really. Um, I love doing this podcast because I feel so connected to like yourself and feel connected to this community of people who struggle and so many still continue to struggle. And you're that's a very courageous thing for you to, to come out and share that. And um, like I said, I hope that you know of all the lives that you impacted and they're all so grateful for, for you And and I'm grateful for you that you, uh, released me from the hospital. <laughs> you said this has never happened. You go, I ah, will get you out of here soon. And I'm like, ah, fuck four hours. You like 20 minutes later, you were like, get dressed, go. And I was like, dude, that's well, how did you do that? So yes. Thank you for letting me out. Uh, any final thoughts?
0: No, I, I think this is a great idea. I love it. I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, your other interviews and, um, you know, as I just said, I think maybe I can learn from some, you know other people. That's that's my goal. You know, when I express myself to help other people, but you know, if I listen to them, I can maybe you know grab a piece here and there, and that might help me. So I I'm,
1: I'm thankful for what you're doing as well. Thanks, John. It was great to have you today, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, sounds good. In a anything Oh, in a place where people want you strong There's a man Oh, a man Who has everything True to his heart By his plan See where he stands